0: Hello again. Welcome to the Brattle Bookshop Podcast, affectionately known as the Brattlecast. I'm Jordan Rich. We feature stories about books, old, rare, and out of print, and the people who buy, sell, and collect them. We do so with the help of the master himself, Ken Gloss, the newly minted granddad and a great guy, the owner of the Brattle Bookstore in Boston. And Ken, uh, we're going to be taking a, a trip down memory lane and talking a little bit about something related to the Beatles, and that gets people's ears perked. So uh, it's a book by Yoko Ono, and there's a story behind it.
1: Well, there's a story behind it. Matter of fact, almost everything I deal with is a trip down memory lane mm. when you really think of it. Uh, but in, in the wonderful part about what I do is there's a story for almost everything. But one of the w- items that I have here, uh, I'll hold it up to the computer screen that we're <laughs> communicating on. I can on, see it. I can see it. Uh, it's uh, Yoko Ono. It's a book called Grape Truth. And this was a book that she did in 1964, uh, which was relatively ignored. Uh, really wasn't much of a um, call for it. But then they reprinted it in 1971. And someone she knew really well did a new introduction for it. I, I think his wonder. name was John, John something, <laughs> John Lennon. And almost anything that you get that with the Beatles is collectible. Um, now early in their career it's more collectible than later in their career and there are also some things that were put out in relatively smaller numbers also a lot of it is really fragile I mean this book is just a little paperback it was relatively you know cheap price low done but they they wanted to promote the book I mean they wanted to sell it and uh, they did some radio appearances they did some uh, local appearances in London and it was just before they moved to New York and and after that actually John never went back to to uh, Great Britain or London but one of the promotional things they did there's a famous department store in London called Selfridges and they were doing a signing and nowadays you do a signing with someone very famous and there's all sorts of security They're very formalized lines. But this was like, you show up at Selfridges, you have a copy of the book, they were sitting at a table, you get it signed. And one of the ways that uh, you can tell that it's uh, authentic is they always signed it on the first white page. Yoko always signed it uh, with a slanted, sort of the middle of the page, And John Lennon always signed it at the bottom, sort of straight across. So that's one of the ways. If it's not like that, get very, very suspicious of of it. But they only did two signings. They never, they, you know, quite honestly, for someone who's very well off and successful, those signings are a lot of work. You have people coming up and uh, whatever, And we've had over the years, we've had a lot of Beatles items, we've had signed items, uh, some of the posters, uh, and there's a collectible market out of it. But I've never had a signed copy of Grapefruit. I got a call, oh, this is a couple of months ago, uh, from somebody in the Boston area. Uh, I actually recognized the name because uh, they had worked at the Boston Phoenix and uh, I was good friends with a lot of people. I didn't know that person, but the name immediately I knew. I said, oh, are you the one that worked 20 years ago at the Phoenix? Hmm. And they said, yes. And we had a lot of mutual friends. So I said, this is going to be a lot of fun. I'll go out. I'll look at it, uh, see whether we can come to an agreement on price. And uh, I went over and, and one of my first questions was, well, gee, how, how did you get this book? And uh, it was a woman, and she said, well, I was a mem- I was in a band in back in the uh, early, in the 70s and late 60s, and we had a lot of demo tapes, and we were trying to make it, and we were trying to get, you know, really known. And we were happened to be doing a show in London, and, and they were still the backup to the backup type of band. Yeah, uh, And they said that they were exhausted, they were tired. But they bought a few copies of Grapefruit because they knew the Beatles were going to, you know, that Yoko and John were going to be there. And they figured they'd also bring their demo tapes with them and try to get them to listen. And she said uh, it was funny because she said she was so exhausted she got a friend to go for her and maybe another person on the band. They lined up, waited for hours, had their copy John and Yoko signed as they were signing everybody's, and they said, oh, we're a band and this is, and she said, they were probably the 100th or 200th person in line who had said the exact same thing. <laughs> Yoko goes, sure, give me the tape, put it down. She says she sure She never looked at right. it, listened right. to it, or paid any attention to it, but they were just trying to be nice.
0: I've got a question uh, regarding something like that, and, and the Beatles particularly, when, say, the the assassination of John Lennon occurs in 1980. Does that greatly affect something like that with his signature on it at that point in time?
1: Well, it does affect it in that t- point in time, partly because, first of all, it was a big news mm. item at, at the time. And it does sort of spike the price. When you get uh, when you get an event that happens like that, the, the Titanic gets found or sinks, it's in the news. Uh, John Kennedy when he was assassinated. Uh, It's in the news. And what tends to happen, the price tends to go up, it spikes, and then it slowly comes down again. But then over the years, you really get a sense of, is that person, does it stay famous? Do they stay an iconic figure? Uh, Obviously, once they've died in a situation like that, there are no more signatures. So as opposed to one of the other Beatles, maybe Ringo or Paul, who have had, I mean how many years more to be able to sign things and, oh, 40 and at least and memorabilia and yeah. to come out. So ending it that way, also having it signed by both of them, Yoko, who was very important to the Beatles, um, yeah. some say, don't look on that as happily. But having it signed by both and it being a very fragile book um, that, yeah, it does spike. It does go up. In the long run, though, if they stay to be an iconic figure like John Lennon is, it's cut off the supply so that you know that there aren't going to be all of a sudden John Lennon sitting down in so signing 2000 more of these items.
0: Can I have a friend so it does in the, make a difference. I have a friend in the music appraisal business. I used to have him on the radio show with me late nights and he would comment on what was really valuable and of course if you have a particular Beatles album with the cellophane intact it's worth a ton. Are there particular books on the Beatles that are more stellar than others uh, that really come to light as big 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 numbers?
1: what really comes to light in big numbers on the Beatles isn't as much the books. It's the very earliest things. If you have like something from 1963 or when they were traveling Germany, you know, as the the Hamburg days. Yeah. And and you can authenticate that it came from that period, maybe a photo signed
0: Mm -hmm. uh,
1: by all four Beatles. Now anything signed by all four of them is a lot rarer. The the when you say the books, actually grapefruit is one of the higher priced ones. And if you can get the original nineteen sixty-four version, uh it can run into the tens of thousands of dollars. This one that I have is probably more in the three to five thousand dollar range, which is still a lot of money. But usually you don't have books of a band, of a group, until they become famous. In other words, they're not going to publish a book about a particular singer uh, or musician until they're well-known with the idea that they'll sell a lot of the books. So earlier in the career, the items, maybe there was a pamphlet, a poster, a broadside that came out when they were first coming to America. Those are going to be more famous and more high-priced. But even in this thing, 1971, signed by both of them, you're still talking three to five thousand. And, and
0: of course, Yoko Ono is a controversial figure in Beatles history and in life because, you know, her contributions artistically are always measured. But here she is because she's who she is, and with the man she was, that just makes people go nuts over stuff like that. It's it's oh, and, and that very valuable. It. And, and,
1: and for many people, it's it's bringing back the memories and. Uh, and seeing, and you know, uh, if you were alive in that era or even after it. I mean, they were so iconic and they changed the music scene so, so much that if you had to go back, you know, who in the classic rock in that 1960s, 1950s, I mean, you have Elvis, uh, who was, uh, you know, a, a little bit before, but in that period, I mean, he's the king. Uh, you have a few others that show up like that, that if you have things signed by them, uh, are very much. Now, the Beatles, probably compared to some of the other rock musicians, signed a lot more. But because they are the Beatles, mm-hmm. there are a lot more people who want the items, and, uh, and that affects the price.
0: Well, I will reintroduce you next time as the man who not only strolls down memory lane, but takes us down Abbey Lane. Get it? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Couldn't resist. One of
1: my favorite albums, by the way. Well, uh,
0: we, we could go off on 10,000 tangents with the Beatles and music, of course, but it's fascinating nonetheless. Hang on to that book. It's uh, it's obviously worth a lot. And Ken, uh, for people who want to reach us and and present ideas for upcoming podcasts, you're open to that idea. I know that.
1: Oh, I, I love it. As a matter of fact, what I'm going to be doing in some of the future ones, I've had a few people already... Call in occasionally. Say they heard the podcast. They have this book or that book, and a few of them I think are pretty interesting. And I'll just do some appraisals on the podcast. And I would encourage some people if they have something they think has a good story, is interesting. Uh, I would love to talk about them in do some appraisals and give an idea of how that works.
0: Okay, and you can go to brattlebookshop.com to connect with Ken anytime and learn a lot and also check out the full list of podcasts and more available on all platforms. Ken, as always, it's a pleasure and it's a load of fun hang, hanging out with you, man. Thank you.
1: Well, I as I hope that I'm with people who are listening to this, I love doing it. And when you're encouraging people to ask me questions, I always say this. If you ask someone who loves what they do, you ask them a question. The problem isn't getting an answer. It's getting them to stop answering. (laughs) So I encourage
0: you. All right. Take care.